What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Forgotten Jesus Podcast. Uh, my name is Andrew Bolton. With me today, of course, is Miss Candy Gallaty and her husband, Robbie. Nice. <laughs> you, you clarified that. Yeah, I, I like did. That. I did clarify this time. Okay, so Pastor, I'm not sure if today's a bonus episode or not, but we're yeah. getting some bonus material. Yes, we are. We didn't plan on this. We did not plan so, on this. The Holy Spirit yeah, led you. Knew that we needed to talk about you, this. Yeah, And we're following the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, we're following the we we're following the Holy Spirit. In the, well, let's go back to Genesis twenty two. That's okay. where we left off with Moses and uh, our following following with Jesus, uh, the right. new Moses and Matthew, and then Abraham uh, being in the genealogy of Jesus. We're wondering why is Abraham there? Okay. But I want to go back to show you this connection between the offering of Isaac okay. and the offering of Jesus by God on the cross. Okay? okay, And I want to show you the similarity. So, Candy, go back with me to Genesis chapter 22. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, you're, as you're getting there, I will say, last week I talked about the different test, and I want to make one clarification. Um, Abraham failed the fatherhood test with, okay. with um, Hagar. Okay. Um, obviously went around God's plan with Sarah and, and and had Ishmael. But he actually passed the test with his son Ishmael when he sent him off. It was the farewell test. And mm-hmm. even though it broke his heart, he did send him off. And so he passed that test. So you'll see this connection of he passes and he fails. He passes right. and he fails. And so when you think failure, don't think failure is final. Right. What I like to say is mistakes are opportunities to learn. Okay. There's no there there I, I, yeah. I used to coach my son's basketball team and uh unfortunately we went 0 and 10. Yeah. Year. Yeah, 0 and 10. But we did learn a lot. Of, I tell you, this is the greatest learning season of your life. You'll look right. back. So I used to tell him there are no wins and losses, there are only wins and learn, learnings. Okay. That's good. You win or you learn. That's, That's it. You win or you learn. I mean, you don't lose, you don't yeah. you know, Now if over. you fail to learn, it's a failure. It's a failure. Well, I like that. I like that, yeah. And if you fail to plan, you can plan to fail. Ooh, okay. That's another one. Another little <laughs> nugget for you. Nuggets. Okay, okay. Go to Genesis chapter twenty-two, verse one. You want me to read and it? Here's what we're gonna do. This is the exercise because you're point. starting to think Hebraically. Mm-hmm. Now we're doing it in a reverse manner. Normally, I like to start in the new and like to call back to the old. It's called a right. remez or a kesher callback hyperlink. But we're actually gonna do it from old to new. Okay. So we're kind of looking at it from the from the beginning to the cross. Either way, you could still do it. But I want you to listen as Candy reads. I want you to notice the connections to Jesus. Okay, let's do it. Okay. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am, he answered. Take your son, he said, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Okay. Notice a couple things. Okay. Abraham okay. knows, okay, before you say it, okay. Abraham knows leading up to this point that the testing of God is not to, and this is good for you if you're listening, the testing of God is always done to those whom he loves. And number two is the testing of God is never to break a person down. It's mm. always to build a person up, always. Okay. It's always to lift you up and bring you to another level of trust and dependence upon God, Yeah, always. So Abraham knows that going into this test. Yeah. What were you going to say? I you was going to say, that just the two connections I've heard already, his okay. only son okay. and the word sacrifice. Okay, now let's stop there. Your only son. Right. Why does that line cut to the heart of Abraham? Well, because he has another son. Yes. Right. Out of obedience, out of, out of disobedience. You know yes. I mean? 
Think about that. Mm-hmm. He already has a son. What do you mean your only son? Not even your one and only son. You've already right. had a, and he's not even your firstborn son. Right. You already had a firstborn son. But Ishmael was a constant reminder of his disobedience mm-hmm. to God. And just, again, just speaking to those listening, how many times do we get impatient with God, get ahead of God, and we suffer the consequences of doing it our way, and yet God still blesses us right. graciously, mm-hmm. even though we mess it up? Yeah. And that's what we have here. So you have the one and only son, but it's also a reminder of God with Jesus. Remember? What does John 3.16 say? For God so loved the the world world. that he gave his only son. One and only son. Right. I don't think that line by John's by accident. I think John's picking up. Now, the difference between, and, and think about, okay, think about God. Jesus is not God's one and only son. Ooh. Why? <laughs> Please explain. Well, think about it. Yeah. The the sons of God, according to the Old Testament, were the were the nation of Israel. He called the nation his son. Mm-hmm. That was his son. And the son, the nation of Israel, preceded Jesus. They predated Jesus. Now, Jesus is his one and only son because he's of the same essence. He's yeah. of himself, obviously. Well, but, wasn't the nation of Israel considered firstborn too? That's what I'm saying. The nation was called the firstborn son of God. Wow. The nation was. Yes. But the nation was disobedient. Oh. And so now he's going to send the one true son of God of himself. In a sense, he sends himself to do the job that man was incapable of doing because of our sin. Okay. So you have this first thing. So the one and only son. Now, I want you to read verses three and four. Okay. So Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took with him two of his young men and his son Isaac. He split wood for a burnt offering and set out to go to the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Okay, there's so many things here. So many things here. Andrew, you see anything? Jumps out right Well, I'm thinking... The wood. Is he going to have to carry the wood? Oh, that's a carry the wood. Put a a pin in that. We'll come back to that. What's the second thing you see? Uh, Donkey. Her don- donkey stood out. A donkey, you're right. The donkey does stand out. That's good. I mean, there's so many things yeah. here. Literally, you're learning how to read slowly right. and uncover these connections. Yeah. Okay. The third day. The third day. Boy, that's another Ooh. one. The third day. Yes. Okay. Um, I notice I'll show you a couple of things that that, that that stand out to me. As soon as God speaks to Abraham and says, this is what I want you to do. It says immediately, I mean, the, the, you can feel the, mm. the haste in the text. So Abraham gets up when? Early in the morning. Early in the morning before wow. daylight. Ooh. He doesn't have to spend time in prayer. Right. He doesn't have to fast. He doesn't have to get Sarah's opinion. Yeah. He doesn't have to poll his friends. Hey, you think, what is God thinking here? No. Yeah. He, he has attuned his ear okay. to the voice of God that he can recognize the voice of God mm-hmm. and obey. Wow. He has tuned his ear to the accent, like I say, of the Holy yeah. Spirit. My question for you is, have you done that? Mm. When God speaks, can you discern that's the voice of God in my life? And I'm not yeah. talking about some esoteric global megaphone from heaven. I'm talking right. about the, the leading of the Lord, the prompting of the Holy Spirit, yeah. the check in your spirit, the peace of God to move forward. So there's something you said earlier that just stood out to me. So earlier you said, when you're talking about the trials, say God never sends these trials to break somebody down, but to build them up. Yeah. So I just started thinking about the trials in my life and the times where I've hit trials and it has felt like I've been broken down versus the trials I've been through and I felt like I was lifted up. 
And the only difference I can come to in my mind is I when I leaned into the Lord versus when I leaned away. Mm-hmm. So I hit a trial, I lean away, I don't feel like I'm built up. Yeah. I hit a trial, I lean into the Lord. All of a sudden, I'm like, wow, I just experienced God in a way I'd never experienced him before. Right. So kind of my response to the trial, so, I don't know, it was totally different experience. Ba- basically, your, the, your response determined the outcome yeah. of the trial, right? Yeah. What, what would you say, Kenny? Well, I've, the way I've always kind of explained it is, you, you know, you have highs and lows in life. Um, obviously, God is sovereign over all of those. And so, but most of the lessons that we learn are in the valleys of life because right. we do have to depend so mm-hmm. much on the Lord um, and not our own, you know, intuitiveness or strength or whatever it is. We have to Lean depend on, on him. On our own understanding. Right. And yeah. in those valleys, that's where we can go back and say, well, this these are the lessons that God taught me. And right. if you actually turn them upside down, they become the spiritual mountaintops right. of our oh, life. For sure. But in the middle of it, we're not mm-hmm. feeling and sensing that. But when you look back on the landscape of your life right. and you can say, oh my gosh, when I went through Hurricane Katrina and we lost right. everything we owned, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of lessons that came yeah. out of that, you know? And now that's like a marker in our life, yeah. right? Wow. But those it's were good. at the time, really, really hard times. Right. Yeah. yeah. But again, just like we're seeing in Abraham's life, every test, you know, built his faith mm-hmm. and his courage. So much so that when he hears God say, go, to the place that I'm going to show you, it says, so he got up early in the morning, right? right? He did not have one fiber in his being that doubted God. Mm. The only way he could have got up, saddled his donkey and made that journey with his son, whom he loved, Mm -hmm. the only way was if he did not doubt for one second that God would not provide a substitute, Mm. period. I mean, his faith at this point in his life, how old was Abraham at this point? Do we know? I'm gonna get there, but he's a hundred. Okay. He's a hundred. I mean, wow. my goodness, you know. And then he's like, it, it, you know, we don't see anywhere in the text that he's scared, that he's nervous, that he doubts. We see none of that. No. He saddled the donkey yeah. early in the morning and he made that journey. Yeah. And that only comes from a lifetime of God working in your life, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And, sure. and 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 you good. leading up to that, the nine test to the tenth. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So God's preparing you today for something greater tomorrow. He what I say it is this way. He's he's looking to see if he can trust you today in the small stuff to see if he will entrust you with greater things, with bigger things later. He yeah. wants to see if he can trust you when no one's looking, to see if he can entrust you when everyone's looking. I will say another thing. This is a great way to think of it. Don't ask God when you're in the midst of an obstacle or challenge or struggle. Don't ask God, when will you get me out of this season? Mm -hmm. Instead, ask God, what will I get out of this season? Yeah. Not when will I get out of this season, but God, what will I get out of this season? Because there's always a lesson. God's always teaching and school's always in session. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The problem right. is we're slow learners and we don't pay attention. Right. Well, and I would say too, before we move on from this whole topic, is that it is crucial and important for you to go back and to remember. You know what I mean? So the reason Abraham's at this point is obviously he has all this history, you know, right. and he can go back and he can say, well, I miserably failed here and God showed faithful right. and I did this and God did this. And so in our own life today, um, just think about raising kids. Right, you know, like you know, we have a one going into high school, and so there's all kinds of things that come along with that. And when there are those times where I'm afraid of what what's going to happen, or right. maybe a decision he's going to make one day, 
I have to go back and remember, wait a second, let me go back and look at all the times yeah. God's hand was on him mm-hmm. throughout life, Faithful. right? Yep. You go back and you remember these things and by remembering them, it helps you in the moment, right? right? To say, you know what? God was faithful here and I right. can trust him no matter what for my child's life. Yeah. And so anything in our life, it is so good to go back and remember all of those things. And you have to believe that Abraham did that, yeah. right? I mean, that he went back and he would relive his history and he would remember those moments where God was so faithful and taught him so much. And yeah. I think it helps us today. It's just very important to go back and remember what he's done in our lives. Yeah, and Abraham knows a, a thing or two about obedience, just to finish this point. Abraham knows two things. Number one is partial obedience mm. is disobedience. Yeah. How many times in our life do we say, God, I will give, but I won't give that much. God, I'm gonna go, but I'm not gonna go there. Partial obedience is disobedience. Right. And I would say, delayed obedience disobedience. is disobedience. Right. God, I'll do this, but I won't do it now. I'll I'll sign up for that, but I won't, I'll serve, but it won't be now. I'll, I'll go to I'll go to in the ministry, but it's not going to happen today. I'll go yeah. to seminary, whatever. And so Abraham knows God expects obedience mm-hmm. immediately. Same thing with our kids. Hey, please go clean your room. I'll do it later. No, I'm I'm asking you to do it right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly. Okay, when Abraham arrives to the mountain, Andrew, to answer your question, the Bible says in verse six, Abraham took right. the wood and the burnt offering, laid it on his son Isaac. Mm. In his hand, he took the fire and the sacrificial knife, and the two of them walked up together. There is, and this is fascinating, there is a commentary written uh, in the Mishnah. It's actually a Midrash, which was a comment, which is a, um, a story, a story or commentary on the Bible, called Genesis Rabbah. Genesis Rabbah. So it's a, it's a rabbi's um, observation of this text, which is fascinating. So think about this: this is not uh, a Christian. This is mm-hmm. not somebody looking back through the lens of, of Jesus. Uh, they don't even believe Jesus is the Messiah. But here's what they said about this. This commentary connected Isaac as he's walking with the wood on his shoulders. He connected it to a condemned man carrying a cross wow. on his back. Mm. This is a this is a Jewish rabbi who's not right. messianic. He's Jew. He said, "When the picture you would have seen walking up that mountain wow. is of a man carrying wood on his shoulders yeah. as a condemned criminal carrying a cross." On his back. If you think about it, here's Isaac carrying the wood, saying, Dad, I, I know there's no, we didn't bring a ram with us. Yeah. He knew there was no sacrifice. Oh, no, he knew. Yeah. And here's another thing Candy asked earlier Abraham's 100. Mm-hmm. Isaac is probably in his mid 20s yeah. or early 30s. Wow. I, I'll show you a couple instances where some of the, uh, some of the, Jewish commentaries that the Mishnah actually says that he could have been 25 or 30. And many commentators will say, you know, commentators today will say, well, no, the Bible says he was a lad or a boy. So that's the term used there. But the term doesn't prescribe a determinate age. It's actually just a general term for a son. Mm -hmm. There is a Jewish historian named Josephus. You may have heard of Josephus. He's written extensively um, historically in the first century. And he actually suggested that Isaac was 25 years old. That was the common belief in that first century. And some even place him as old as 37 years old because of Sarah's immediate death in Genesis 23. So the very next thing is that Sarah dies. Now, some people assume that the reason Sarah dies the next chapter 
is because of the grief that her husband tried to kill her son. Oh that was, yeah, yeah. That's one thinking. Like, yeah. what are you thinking? And did she grieve to death uh, and died? But the point I want to make here as we... Uh, that can't be right, though. Well, I know. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, but the point I want to make here before we move on. I don't know. You don't know. The well, point, she... But it... Yeah, no. I know. I don't know. But the point is, that was a speculation. Here's the point I want to make. Abraham is walking up with his son, and he is not forcing this boy down. Isaac is willingly allowing right. himself to be offered by his father mm -hmm. on an altar. Right. This is not some little boy like we always depict the scene. Hey, daddy, you know what? No, this is a man yeah. laying on an altar and basically willingly giving himself up in a similar fashion like someone else did. Jesus says, right. no one takes my life from me. I lay, lay my life down wow. for my friends right now. Well, if you think about it, you got a mid-20s, 30-year-old guy who could easily overpower his 100-year-old dad. That's a great point. Great and point. instead, he's, he's willingly allowing him to tie him up and lay him down or whatever that looked like. Yeah. Lois Tverberg um, wrote a book called Walking in the Dust of Rabbi Jesus, and she actually said to think about the offering, the burnt offering that would be offered to God that they were going to give, that offering would have burned for several hours over the fire. Wow. And so the log, the large logs needed, they needed big logs for the fuel to, right. to, to, to burn this. So you think of the size of these logs. I mean, these aren't little twigs or sticks. I mean, right, these right. are big old logs that are going up. And it says, Abraham says this line. He says, the boy and I, now watch this. What does he say here? He says in uh, verse three, um, I mean, verse five, read verse, or read, read, read verse four, and then we'll continue. I'll watch this, go back. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship and then we'll come back to you. Yeah. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. In his hand, he took the fire and the knife and the two of them walked on together. Okay, so we, we went ahead, but let's, let's okay. see what's happening. No, no, you're right, but let's see what's happening here. Number one, you see this donkey. Why is the donkey important? <laughs> donkey. Don um, donkey. Donkey. Is it don donkey? Donkey. 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 Is it donkey or donkey? You Close. say you say done like it's a D U N donkey. It's donkey. Well, <laughs> okay, donkey. Why? okay. <laughs> why is it important? Why is it significant? Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Uh, an animal looks like a horse, but meaner. Huh? A donkey? A, What's another word for a donkey? <laughs> a fowl or no? There's no, one it, more. I can't think of. It starts with. <laughs> it starts with an a. Andrew, Andrew, please. It starts with an A. The King James had it right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a whole lot easier to say. Okay. But the point is that they have this connection with the donkey. Okay. Why is that a connection with Jesus? Why is that? Uh, Jesus he, rode in on a donkey. Jesus donkey. rides in on a donkey. So did Mary. And Mary, no, Mary did not ride on a donkey. Well, I make a whole case for why oh, okay, Mary did kidding. not ride a donkey. That's a, the next bonus. Yeah, yeah, that is. We're getting in there. It. And I will, not to ruin your Christmas, but I don't think Mary rode a donkey from Nazareth to Bethlehem. Okay, donkey. Okay. Just Genesis 22. Put a pin in that. Uh, put a pin in that. <laughs> it will not go there. But the donkey was used yeah. by Jesus, you ready for this, to ascend the hill of Mount Moriah, which is the exact place where, wow. I, you're going to love mm. this, where Isaac was sacrificed by his father. You got to remember, the Temple Mount was built, mm -hmm. they believe, 
at the exact area yeah. where Isaac, or, or the exact vicinity, where Isaac was sacrificed by Abraham. That mountain. Now, there's nothing there at this point with Abraham, but the, there's a mountain there. And then years and years wow. later, David is going to build this temple on top of this mountain. When Jesus comes into town, he's going to mount this donkey in Bethany, and he's going to ride up the mountain wow. on the donkey, not to sacrifice his son, but to offer himself as the sacrifice. And isn't it interesting? Abraham and his son ride the that donkey up the mountain to, to be the sacrifice. Okay, so that's the first thing we see. Uh, the second thing we see is Abraham says, stay here while the boy and I go there to what? Worship. Worship. I don't know about you. Killing my son doesn't sound like worship. No, but obedience does. Well, and twice it says they walked together. Mm. There's like this idea of like unity. They walked together in unity, hand you in know, hand like, in a sense. Yeah. Even after he says, hey, dad, where's the sacrifice? We don't have that. And he says, God himself will provide. And it mm. says they walked together again, yeah. you know? Yeah. Now, I don't know if there's any hidden meaning there, but it just seems like, you know, he's not putting up a fight. He's not asking a lot of questions. They're walking together yeah. to this. Well, if yeah. you think about it, Jesus always raised the bar. Jesus even said, God, if there's any other way, mm. but if not, your will be done. Yeah. So where God provided a sacrifice here, Jesus was the sacrifice. Yeah, we're going to get to that in one, one second, but let me just say one more thing about this. On the third day is, is connecting too. Why? Right. Because on the third day they went up, but Jesus is going to rise from the dead on the third day. Ooh. So it's the exact same. Right. So you see even more connections there, okay? But yep. let's, go to that, let's go to that line verse seven, in verse 7 and 8. Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the offering? So Isaac's starting to figure out, okay, something's going on here. Yeah. And then Abraham responds with this line. You ready for this? God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Now, interestingly, which is interesting, Isaac's question and Abraham's answer are just six Hebrew words. That's all they are in Hebrew. That whole sentence right there, okay? Uh, and basically, in the manner they're responding, it's pretty fascinating. So let me teach you a little Hebrew. In Hebrew, normally, when I say the sentence, Andrew, or let's do candy, candy ran to the store. Mm -hmm. That's the English sentence, candy ran to the store. Right. In Hebrew, do you know what's different? I do not. It's like reversed, right? Yes. In Hebrew, it would say, and ran candy to the store. store. Yeah. That's how, it, so oh. hmm. ran candy to the store, forget and. Ran candy to the store. So in Hebrew, the verb comes first. first. The verb comes first. The noun comes second. Okay, that's how Hebrew works. Normally, most of the time. But in this passage, it's different. Mm. In this passage, this is interesting. Verse 28, verse 8 of chapter 22. The subject precedes, uh, it reverses the, 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 the construction where the subject doesn't, uh, come after the verb, the subject precedes the verb. So in this concept, in, in Hebrew, it reads, Ooh, God, God himself will provide the lamb. Mm, wow. Now watch this. It doesn't say God provides himself? No, it's, well, it says, well, you don't need to. We can say that. But yes, you can insinuate that. But but just the fact that the Hebrew puts God first. Mm -hmm. That's good. You ready for wow. this? God is the offering of the sacrifice he's going to provide. Wow. God himself will provide the lamb, meaning God 
is the lamb. God's the lamb. Right. Now, they don't really understand what's going on, but we know looking back now through the lens of the cross, looking in hindsight, we know exactly what he's saying. Because on the cross of Calvary, there's a man that goes to the cross. It's God himself. God himself is the sacrificial wow. lamb mm -hmm. that's going to pay for the sin of the people. So you see this wonderful construction here in Hebrew uh, that we miss in English. Uh, another thing that, that's fascinating is this, is that when Abraham goes to sacrifice his son Isaac, Abraham is going to lift up the knife. Mm -hmm. And right mm -hmm. before, let, let's read that real quick and then uh, we'll be done because this is a great way to end. So Abraham is going to lift the knife, verse 10. Mm -hmm. Then Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. Keep going. Keep going. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He replied, here I am. Then he said, do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your only son from me. Mm, okay. So, yeah. So basically picture the scene here. Abraham takes his one and only son, the one whom he's waited 25 years for God to answer the promise that he gave many years before. He's an old man. He finally gets to see the promise. God says, okay, it's short-lived. You got to bring this guy. So he's in his hundreds at this time. He's 100 plus years old, 125 years old, let's say, because he has him at 100, right. 125, basically. So he goes to the mountain. He's a frail man. Isaac sets the offering. Isaac does all the work. Abraham just has the knife. He raises the knife up, and right before he's about to plunge down. Now, mm -hmm. Hebrews gives us an insight here that's fascinating. Mm -hmm. And Hebrews says, by faith, Abraham, Abraham. offered up his son, right. believing that if he killed him, God would what? Raise him from the dead. Raise him from the dead. Now, that's yeah. fascinating hmm. because I don't know about you. There's not a lot of raising from the dead stories back no. then. Mm -hmm. It's not what they don't have a resurrection to look. Right. So this was, but he had that much what's called chutzpah in Hebrew, yeah. passion, right. belief in the Lord, okay? Right. When he raises the knife, picture the scene. All of a sudden, the angel speaks from heaven. The silence is kind of lacerated with the voice of an angel. Stop! Abraham, stop. And the angel steps in and saves the son. Wow. And the son lives, and the rest is history, and Abraham goes on. Both of them, Jesus and Isaac, have a lot of similarities. Both have miraculous births, mm -hmm. miraculously. Mm -hmm. One's on the front end, one's on the back end, young and old. Uh, both of them um, are going to give their lives up as a life up as a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Both of them are going to be used by God miraculously. Okay, so there's a lot of similarities. But watch what James Montgomery Boyce says mm -hmm. about the difference between Abraham sacrificing Isaac and God sacrificing Jesus on the cross. And I'll leave you with this. Abraham was only asked to sacrifice his son. But he did not actually have to do it. Even if he had, though, there would have only been a physical death involved. But when the time came for God, the Heavenly Father, to sacrifice his only son, it was not a mere physical death. It was a spiritual death, one that achieved redemption for sinners. When God's hand was raised at Calvary, there was no one to call out, wow. stop your hand, do not harm the boy. When God offered up his sacrifice, the hand that was poised above Christ fell. Jesus died. And through that death, God brought life to all who trust in Christ's sacrifice. Hallelujah.
Amen. Knowing that, now John 3.16 makes right. so much more sense. For mm-hmm. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What does that mean? That means when the hand was raised to kill his son, no one stopped it. He killed him and offered him up so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Here's the cool thing. God used one man's life and testing, the life of Abraham, to give us a picture of what faithfulness to him looks like. Mm. Even if you've gotten it wrong this many times, yeah. it's not too late to get it right. Yeah, isn't it cool that if you're still alive, the final right. chapter of your life is yet to be written. Yeah. If there's life and there's breath, there's, there's hope, hope. Mm. for the promise of tomorrow. Man, praise yeah. God. Praise God. Well, Pastor, thank you for walking us through Genesis 22. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm I'm seeing that whole situation holding the light now. So, uh, well, we hope you enjoyed this special episode of the Forgotten Jesus Podcast. If so, let us know. Uh, show up on our Instagram. We'd love to hear some feedback, some questions from you. Leave a review on the podcast and share this with a friend. Love you guys, and we'll see you on the next episode.